Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. This is a very exciting live broadcast. I am here today with patron Colin Bergstrand. Hi, Colin. Hi. And he has done 30, no less than 30, OMS, which is the original mountain marathon. Um, and we're going to hear all about it today. He's just told me that his running partner, John, who he's done these 30 with, they've never had a fight. So I completely don't agree with, I, I don't believe that at all. We're going to find out all of the interesting gossip today here from Colin. And hopefully John will find his way onto the live chat so that he can be like, no, Colin, it wasn't like that at all. Um, and put things straight. We've got a couple of pictures as well to show you as well as we go through. But first of all, Colin, can I just ask you to explain what exactly is the, is the arm for people who don't know um, or have never heard of it before? Yeah, so I don't know if I get any awards for being the oldest person on your stream, but uh, I think for, for everybody there, the arm was really something that started many years ago by a guy called Jerry Charnley. And it was a mountain race. I think it was 68 so that actually started going. And really, it was the forerunner of all uh, adventure racing before it got popular. And, and, and uh, so it, it really is it's a two-day mountain orienting event. And the reason he put it together was basically he thought it was the big challenge for mountain runners or people in the outdoors to basically be self-sufficient in the mountain for two, mountains for two days. And so it just started and it sort of snowballed. And certainly in the... Uh, late 80s before all you know trail running and the uh, adventure racing started it was sort of the um, mountain running event that you know really all you know Joss Naylor was in it he won the elite events and what was also good and I really think for people to understand there a lot of it as well is, is there's a key part of it is navigation so you you really need to be pretty sharp on your map skills and navigation to do well in it and um, and so so it's something that that uh, attracted John and I and uh, we we start well that's what the obvious and we started and uh, it seemed to just snowball from there really yeah and it's it's really quite hard to do because it takes place at the end of October doesn't it every year so you've got that the clocks go forward so you've got an extra yes. hour which you think oh that's great extra hour of sleep but actually if you're in a tiny tent kind of sandwiched next to somebody you yeah. might smell or fart or you know be sweaty because there's no showers is there in the middle of nowhere um so it's it's quite no, it's, hard it's, it's two days total self-sufficiency in terms of what you get you get some water is basically the, the much of us and i think that you're quite right as you said there it's always on the weekend that the clocks change so so john and i you know where we come on to this there is, is that we always used to love the om because we both had kids all that sort of stuff that you're going through now claire and, and uh, we always used to get an extra hour in bed for the om ah. And we always used to say that time there was some of the best night's sleep we ever had when we had kids was nights of the on. We'd do 10, 11, 12 hours. Cause it's, and it's always done about like that weekend because originally then, and you do notice the effect of global warming. 
it, it's the, it's it's that end of October, so the weather used to be pretty horrendous. First one we terrible. did was an absolute nightmare in mm. terms of it. Uh, what you've noticed is it's got warmer and wetter. Really? It's cold. It was frozen shoes. It was all of that sort of stuff that's wow. there. So, so it was always done for that. You know, it wasn't to be done in the summer because we also don't know there is this that we. John and I also, we've done many Eastern over 20. I'm getting onto that sort of way. We've done um, the Saunders in the uh, Lake District in the oh, summer. I've Pretty done similar that event. Did I do that one? I yeah, it's great. And so, so for people get that, that's always the first weekend in July. So you yeah. have, so we've had this thing like burnt sunshine, horrible rain and, and uh, snow. So you can get the whole gamut of uh, the mountains. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and also it gets dark, doesn't it, about four o'clock in October um, or yeah, five so o'clock and then four o'clock the next day. So You could yeah. be racing to get in before it, you know, it, it, uh, it gets dark, absolutely. Yeah, well, you've really sold it to us there, Colin. It sounds <laughs> like a most wonderful event. Um, can, I, can I ask you how you met John and what made you sign up for that first one? Because it was 1986, did you say, that it was the yeah, first one? Yeah, the first one there, yeah. New Galloway, there you go, and that's it. So, um, yeah, so I met John at university, or, or as we were, we were there, we went to Sheffield Poly, as it was then, Sheffield Hallam. So we met, we were actually in the same halls in the first year. And um, I suppose backgrounds-wise, I was always quite a big runner and stuff like that. John was a big mountaineer. I think he did a lot in, a, in, in army-based stuff there. So we both loved the mountains and the hills. And we used to nip in on the bus from Sheffield and go walking in the Peak District, all that good sort of stuff there. And then a big, I think also it helped in, in what we did with the on there is, is that we, we used to disappear into the lakes for, you know, four or five days and wild camp and all that sort of stuff as students. So, so we, we just, and we knew each other for the four years that we were there. And uh, we used the on as a, as a reason to continue uh, uh, meeting, training. I think we really, we love the training that we do as much as the on itself of the time, time we spent together and we used it at that time then to, uh, to to continue you know the relationship that we had and meeting as good friends really. Yeah I've just um, put a picture up of you guys on the start line of this year's um well, last year's now um and you both look just so happy to be there um like you're good friends obviously and it's just a really nice chance to catch up and get more sleep than usual it seems <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a, it's a sleeping event that's it yeah <laughs> and in terms of training um how did you train for that first one um were you already yeah, fit I, I, or... mean, I mean this is part of one of the reasons you know follow your podcast and things are saying now because training's become so much more of a science and you know what's what we're talking 86 there is that we were just doing it the thing we did was was to get out in the hills and I think anybody who does a norm or an event like that I mean the, the big difference is say from trail running is and we found out you've got to get off the trails you've got to get off because the on as people know you base the, the there, there are linear and uh, score courses that they do um, but you've really You've got to make your own track, your own route. You've got to find things. You've got to navigate. You've got to get to those places. And the, the bulk of your day is going to be off track. If you find runnable ground, that's absolutely brilliant. You know, stuff there. But you know, you're climbing as well as that. So, so you know, you, you follow all the, the people. I don't know, like Jasmine Parises of this world, to say you know, you, you, you're going to be doing a lot of hiking. So the way, way we basically started there, I mean, we were young, we were reasonably fit. We just went off into the Peak District and did a bit of hiking there. And, and I think as, as we got older, we, we uh, progressed our training. And, and I think we both, I think the issue as well there, really, because this podcast is for, you know, mid-pack runners there, is, is that we both had pretty, you know, pretty full-on careers, with right senior roles, travelled a lot, all of that sort of stuff was there. So, so it, it, you know, trying to train and get ready for it was always a bit of an art form. And, and we introduced, certainly when we were getting a bit older there, we, we had this sort of six-hour thing. We had this mantra that we did. So we, we used to, used to start training after in, in late summer. And we used to do what we call six hours. Um, it was um, 20 miles and 1,000 metres of climb. And so we used to go out and we'd do that. Yeah. And that, and that was very, you know, and before... That was some of that was getting before watches, and now you know it's 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 dainty, you can't hide from it. You know exactly what you've done, and we can watch it as it, it's going up there. But you know, then it was you know we get the map out and we just go and I mean, there's not I think there's there's not much of the peak district. We all because of where we used to live, we used the peak district as our training ground, and and, uh, and we used to say that if you used to see two blokes um, running around the hills uh, with, with you know packs on the backs there at, at that sort of time of year, it's usually John and I. 
and he sometimes had a dog that we used to take with us there. So, so you know, so we, we just, that's what we used to do. We used to get in there and where we could, we'd just get off path. Quite, you know, this, we've, tro- we've trodden most of that whole Derwent watershed, all that Peak District area. We know it like the back of our hands now. Yeah. And, just, and that's what we train on. So, and, and we just love it. And I think the days that we've had training there together are as, you know, as good as the races that they are themselves. And, yeah. And so, yeah, a, enjoying it all. Yeah, that big thing that we always say there is to people, and, and interestingly enough, this year when we get onto that, is, is that this year's race, um, and we did things, uh, sorry, yeah, the last year's race, we've moved years now, haven't we? So last year's race, I mean, John and I, we, we did also did the Highland Ultra together last year, so a three-day event in Noidart, another superb thing. But we said after the end of the first day there, that was the hardest day in the hills that we'd had last year, and we'd done a lot, was the first day of the Ultra. Oh, and really? We it, and we, and that's, you know, just so you think that, and that's what we reckon it is because we haven't done enough off, off, off path training. Off path training. Uh, it's quite interesting um, hearing you talk about all this because John is actually here right now on the live chat. So he's he's saying, um, I'll just read you out some things because you, you haven't got this in front of you, have you, no. Colin, there? Okay, so he said, in the early years, we only tended to do about 14 miles in training. So yeah. <laughs> he's already, yeah. already debunking the myth. And then he said, we should have done longer distances when we were young. And he said, yeah. then we would go off and drink beer. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really serious athletes, you see, Claire. That's what it is, you see. Yeah, yeah no, this is brilliant. I think everybody is in, on board with the beer because Tad says, um, and more beer um, and uh, when you were young, he means. And he says, and then Andrea says, being young enables training and beer. And yeah, and uh, John says, yeah, we drank quite a lot of beer, to be fair. So there was a lot of beer training going on as well as the running training. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to welcome John to the, the show and the podcast as well. So if you're just joining us now, John is Colin's running partner for the OM and they've done 30 OMS together. Um, so I just want to, because you've been doing it since the 80s and I was... Um, I was hiking in like the 90s and I remember my mum and dad climbing Kilimanjaro. I remember when head torches were actual little bulbs, not LEDs. I remember Absolutely. like my mum's Rohan fleece. I remember those backpacks from Berghaus. All the old stuff I remember because I used to use it at school. Um, and so it's really interesting to me how um, how kit has changed oh, um, over over time. So could you yeah. just, can you like like me- memory lane, like back to what you oh, carry yeah. I, in I, the 80s and 90s and yeah. then compare it to now? I, I think there's, there's two aspects to that. And we, because, um, and you know, you look at Om now and, and the people that they were there, you, you used to find when you used to go to the, you used to carry more, it started for everybody there. It's, originally it was the Carrymore yeah, International Mountain him, Marathon. Yeah, I remember. And then it came and carried it up till about two, early 2000s when Carrymore stopped uh, sponsoring it and um, took over. So, um, yeah, they, they used to go there and they used to have these new gear, lightweight cagoules and all that sort of stuff. But no, it was very much, I think the first year we did it, we, we did it with a Trangier in terms of oh stove. Oh my goodness, right? so I remember, remember Trangiers. Those, yeah, like, so we had them on yeah. DFE. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that was... That was I mean, and and then I think at that time, Petzl head torches came out—the big ones with the big batteries. They yeah. were they were like it was that was yeah, with like a battery this big on the oh, back, yeah, just huge, for like yeah. a like fifty hundred lumen torch maybe. And the blooming bulb, it used to have to used to have a spare bulb yeah, a spare and all that bulb. sort. Of, I remember yeah, so, that. Yeah, that, 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 so those were things that it used to have, and and I, I was sort of, I was interested enough there, as you say though, it, it was the um, the Tim Piggott thing you did last week. I thought the thing that he came out there, he said about. 10% of your body weight in terms of your weight before mm. it changes the, your running style. I've not heard that one before, but I thought it was a really good one. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so uh, um, and it was sleeping bags. I had a down sleeping bag, but it was huge. You know, um, tents, I can't remember the first tent we did it with because that was the other thing that's there. And, and I think John now and, and where we are, I mean, as we've got older and uh, you know, more stupid with our money, we've, we've, you know, we've been able to buy good kit. The thing that's there, and, and I think now there's so much good kit you can get. But 
Yes, yeah, so, so it was. It was those things. You just had more weight. I think. Was yeah. The thing that's was there. everything just bigger and bulkier and heavier? Everything was yeah, back absolutely. in the day. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that too. Everything's got like super light and super thing, but it was very durable, wasn't it? A lot of the stuff back. Yeah, then. and I think also you said there is is that interesting enough. There is is that. You used to the, the Om sack was I think you made some comments before about the original you know the Om sack that was it I've still got an old one flying around somewhere there cool. and you that was a thirty five liter Om sack and you used to be able to get it just get it into there and the one thing that I said was that, that always used to amaze me John's sack is always smaller and lighter than my sack and yeah. we've got hours trying to agonise what's he doing that I'm not or what's he's he probably put all his snacks in your bag yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, so, so it was, and really those on sacks you kept around to that thing, and we're, we're going lighter now. But I think that's because you know we bought better kit, you know, and, and uh, um, maybe going to get onto kit later and stuff they have there. But things like stoves now, you see, it's a small, yeah, you know, it's just a small thing, and, you know, and, and, the, and the little um, um, piece that goes on the top there. So they, they, that's massively reduced. Yeah. Um, I think always you think there, and you get into there is, is is that it's water carrying, and how much water do you carry? I mean, that's always a a thing that you go there and um, I think we always used to the memories all we used to have there we used to have um uh, we used to get the the headaches from dehydration headaches because you yeah. weren't drinking enough and, did you um, pick up water on the way around so you do but I think sometimes it's at that time it's frozen but you don't you don't do it and I think the thing that if you look at the Steve Birkinshaws of this world and you read his blog there he thinks it's horrendous that anybody carries more than like you know Half a litre of water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I but, try not but, to. Yeah. And we and we what we found that we did there, and and you know we tried with all the different um, drinks and stuff up there, is is that we always used to use bladders because they, they just because hydration because you, you, when you go in this you could be out for hours. Yeah. And so so it was always you know how much water do you carry? Do you? and we always used to wear on carry more water because you just felt better for it. But, yeah. You know, and so, I remember yeah, so. that, like you'd have a hydration bladder and it would come around in that tube. Um, and that yeah, was before drink. people thought to like put loads of stuff up the front here, like running yeah. packs now. I, I remember all yeah. this. And John, yeah. John's come in, he's chipped in about the tent. He said uh, the, uh, the light, it was the lightest tent that you could get. It was the um, two or three kilograms and it was uh, the ultimate phaser dome. Oh, yeah, right. Cause yes, that's it. And yeah. we had a space packer and now, but I mean, there's... I mean, the also almost the, the tent, you know, being very used now. It's a Terra Nova that John's got, man. Everybody uses them, and they're about yeah. a kilo now. That's yeah, it. yeah, they are. They can get everything <laughs> for a kilo. Um, yeah. And Andrea says she used those petals as well, but she used them for caving back in the day. She said they weren't yeah. that bright. Yes, I <laughs> definitely rem remember those. Um, and then, like, nutrition-wise, a lot obviously has changed in the nutrition arena as well. What kinds of stuff were you taking when you first started out on the OM? Were you those annoying people? Like, I've done two mountain marathons, both, like, summery ones. Like, I wouldn't ever venture to the OM. Um, and, like, there's always someone cooking bacon, isn't there, in the morning? Somebody's <laughs> taken bacon yeah. and a freezer pack and they've cooked it. And you're just like, you... If you're gonna if you're gonna carry more weight and you're gonna want something there is, is a, a decent meal is something that is that we've always done but mm -hmm. but yes so food wise yeah I mean it comes back into this and this is I think where things go into sort of the ultra running space that people do now and nutrition is gets a very big thing the other thing you find there within on two days as well you've got to eat the big thing that you got in it and it is this classic doing ultra stuff that's there now, eating during the day. And John's a lot better at it than I am. But we try and get into this hour thing. If you're going up hills, take a bar. And you've got to find some things that you like. I mean, I'm into tantifastics are my carb, you know, food of choice because I can get them down. Tantifastics. Uh, yeah. The, the Haribos. The, the Haribos, yeah. Yeah. Good Brilliant. choice. Yeah, they are. I mean, I love them. And... Uh, and, and, and you've got to, I, I almost still now have to force myself to eat. It's so hard. Yeah. And uh, there, but you, but, and, and yeah, and, and it's, I think really I haven't changed that much. I think early days, it, it was um, muesli bars was the thing you used to have there. And that, if you can get those down. And, and I mean, I always, I'm a savoury person as much as well there. Is, is that, and I'm not averse to a pork pie or a scotch egg or anything oh. like that. It's, it, you've got to find what you, you really yeah. can eat is the big thing that people are doing these sorts of things and, and the benefit up. like of it being in winter means you can take a pork pie and it won't go off you know like yeah. you could eat a pork pie on day two safe in the knowledge that it's been yeah. freezing or yeah. frozen and, and, and then you're saying about that is, is that when you talk about the campsite things though 
when you've done as many of these ons as John and I have, you do get to know the people that are there and the people that. And we used to uh, see every year. Howard and Mike, John will laugh his head off there now, and they were hilarious. We used to see them all the time. And what they used to do was they used to, and they exactly that same thing. I remember them bringing um, frozen um, uh, haddock, smoked haddock, and oh, kippers. Wow. And they used yeah. to fry kippers up for breakfast in the morning. And you it, can was imagine. <laughs> it was them. It was. It was them. Well, John says he even thinks that they, you guys camped next to me on a lamb. And I did do the lamb. Like, a, the lamb's gone now, isn't it? But I did do yeah. the lamb one year. Um, and he says that you guys cooked chorizo stew and pasta whilst watching everybody else with their dehydrated stuff. Um, so that could have been the case. I, I may have met you um, ages ago. That was donkey years ago. That was probably like 2016, 17 or something like that. Or even earlier, that's maybe. Not, that's not donkey's years ago, Claire. 2015. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and Jonathan remembers how to Mike Kippers for breakfast as well. Um, yeah, once I made this really bad error, I put an electrolyte tablet into my uh, pasta because I thought, oh, that will just zing it up a bit. It'll just taste a bit orangey. Yeah. And it tasted so disgusting that I could hardly even eat it. But I had to eat it because it was the only thing I had. I was so sad that day. Oh, um, Jonathan said that that one wasn't with Colin. So he's done other arms without you. Oh, yeah. He's done other mountain marathons without you. How dare he? We had another friend that, so yeah, we did it. He was, he was lucky because I think you go back to this in, in terms of uh, wives that were there. He always used to go and do the llama. I could never get away with that because I used to do the saunders and the... Uh, uh, and the arm, and then because yeah. because you, know, you go at this, it, it's quite a commitment when we've done yeah. them as there. It's because you know you disappear for four, for three four days basically yeah. through there. So uh, yeah. So another funny story like this one, Claire, as well. There is is that interestingly enough, John's uh, wife's birthday is on the twenty eighth of October. Every year he misses his wife's birthday. So so there we have the laugh there with Claire. There is is that I've spent more nights uh, on Claire's birthday in a. <laughs> In a tent with John than she has. And she's Steven. called Claire as well. She's called Claire as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, what a good name. <laughs> um, and so, so who does John do his lambs with if he doesn't do them with you? Because he he's said got a friend he was... Andy who did there, but I think his hips have gone now, so he's, uh, oh. he's, he's he's not able to do them. Yeah. Well, he um he says it was the lamb at Crucian, and I wrote about it for Trail Running Magazine. Um, yeah, that was an amazing lamb. Oh, I loved it. Mm. It was such beautiful scenery. It was up in the north of Scotland somewhere or other, and it was really hard work, um, but it was amazing. Um, he said he's also sprinkled milk powder over chorizo instead of parmesan. That's, that's a, that's a yeah, fair enough thing to do. <laughs> and um, a lambs were a 40th birthday present um, for him one year, and then he just carried on. He was cheating with Andy, his other partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. This is, this is a good group chat, isn't it? Um, and so, uh, talking of cheating, how was the sleep? Um, because you said you guys have never had a fight, so, you know, like no one's robbed a bit of duvet or anything, because you're really sandwiched in, aren't you, on those chats? Oh, very, how yeah, close? Just how close are you? Give us an impression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, I think uh, a bit of advice I'd give as well for people who want to do more than one mountain marathon is find somebody who they can get on with, because mm. I think that's a key thing. And, and we, yeah, I mean, We've shared some of the smelliest, dirtiest, horriblest places, I think, ever in there. And, and uh, um, two things, really, is, is that don't scrimp on a sleeping mat. All these people, are, I think, even more so nowadays, they're good for... Because the other thing about, about these sorts of things, you like it to get wet, so you've got something to keep you off the, off the floor. Brilliant. Um, but a good sleeping mat and... Uh, um, uh, what's the wrong word there to say? You have to learn to spoon sometimes, I suppose. That's the <laughs> guess. But no, we're fine. And, and if you can, top and tail, I think, is another good thing that you can do there. But that depends yeah, on if you've got a good... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you've got someone's feet in your face, which is yeah, not always ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we've covered kit and nutrition and sleep. I just want to talk to you a little bit about navigation because that maybe is one of the things that hasn't changed quite so much because you're surely no. not allowed to use a GPS watch on the arm. No. So maybe that's one of the aspects that hasn't actually changed that much. And I know that one of our other patrons, Hannah Neal, um, mm. or Hannah Basley, she um, she was interested to know um, a few tips about navigation that you've kind of gleaned yeah. over the years. Um, so yeah, what's the nav like on the arm? Is there different, so, different yeah, levels? And, and I think it's actually got easier because of the fact that one simple thing there, and uh, uh, John and I were talking about this is, is that now they mark your maps for you 
Oh, do they? So when you when you started, you know, in '86 in the good yeah, old days, yeah, you'd have to sound, draw sound, sound like your dad now, don't it? No, no, honestly, I'm older than. How old do you think I am? Uh, I, I think I do know because you put it in one of your things up there. But yeah, yeah so no, yeah. I'm 40 in yeah, you're February. Just big four, so isn't it? I am a lot older than a lot of people think I am, and uh, I just I'm just very immature. So a lot of people think I'm like 20 <laughs> or something. I got ID'd in Morrison's the other day. I was I was so Brilliant. happy. Yeah, 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 I was like I'm nearly 40. Um, but yeah, um, I remember. Oh, what were we talking about? Navigation. Yeah, I the, the way the courses work, there are two types of courses in the, in the on there. You can do what are called linear courses, which they give you eight, ten checkpoints and you do them in order. Or there's a score class that, that people do there, which just give you loads and they've got points and you go around and who gets the most points wins, sort of points makes prizes type of thing that's there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and first, the first thing you used to have there was marking your map right. Yeah, with grid, grid references. Grid. Yeah, and, yeah, and sometimes it was before. belting it down with rain and what did he use and all that sort of stuff was there. So, so that always used to become a thing and, and we used to do it and then check each other's map that sort of stuff there which is always a big thing at that time because yeah you can mark it wrong and you've just gone somewhere totally wrong yeah. now they're all marked so so that's a big thing there and, and john think, says sorry to cut in john says the maps are now waterproof and you used to have to have a paper map and keep it in a plastic bag and i remember that like getting a pencil yeah. and going <laughs> under the bag and circling yeah, things because yeah. when i did tour de triggs when i was 17 that would have been like yeah. 1998 or nine or something and we did 50 miles we had to circle it all to start with and that was part of the time like you you didn't get that time back that was part of the, the absolutely yeah you, well, the moment you go everyone's you go, gone soft it. yeah absolutely so so yes so so you go to there and, and i think the big thing said a, a bit like you claire i was brought up from a very early age you know different things there map and compass navigation there's no such thing as gps or watches or anything like that yeah, so i've only so used that once on cape Rath Ultra, <laughs> and I, I was like i need the map ah. yeah but i'm not very I'm, i would just add i'm not very good at map reading but i can you know i can get myself around yeah well, so you, you've got to learn and the thing there is 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 that um now they've nowadays they've, they've not banned phones and uh, watches in these events now because i mean it's just so difficult to police but it, i think it's one of those things that we were having this conversation as well john and i recently about the fact that we can't believe that people aren't looking at the watches and uh, phones now for, for for things like that but the the spirit of the event is you don't use any of that and you just use map and compass so yeah um yeah uh, so so yeah you've got to practice you've got to get in there and be comfortable with a map and and i think for me there's always a thing and many of these are often you know a few miles apart there and, and there's two types of navigation for me there is it's a there's a navigation to get you into the area, so you know which is the best way to go. And then there's the quite pinpoint navigation because I think if yeah, I think the amount of time I spend running around the mountain looking for a re-entrance and you know, like, plumbing re-entrance. What even is a re-entrance? Re like, what the hell is it? I, I never knew. I learned orienteering at school when I was like, and they call 15, it re-entrance. Like, re like, re you go, oh god, yeah, here we go. It's like a but dip, isn't it? It's like the opposite it's a dip of a spur. Or a start of a water course or something like that. It's yeah, just it's, a big it's, dip, and, and, a big ditch, yeah, usually it, full it, of water and bog. It, yeah, and, and so so you, you you then get into that finer nav where you basically have to look at it. But and I think the other tip I give for people when they are giving navigation there and what is really hard and we tripped up a bit this year on it as well though is, is that if you know what moving a kilometre is like in terms of time and distance and you get a feel for what a kilometre is, which is a grid square on your map, that's the sort. Of, if you know what that is and how long it takes you to do it, and there, those are good things when you because you usually find you somewhere. And then, you know, you've got to find this, and it's, people see them all in theory, Mark, but you can spend it, you can waste a hell of a load of time um, um, you know, trying to find these things if, you, if your navigation's not good. You've then got to basically, you know, look for things there, so that's when things get serious, and often we spread two of us, so, and, and often when it's really, really um, foggy, uh, and, and the clags down and that sort of stuff there is is that you know you keep a distance that so you can see each other and then you go for it and try and find it using that finer navigation that you see from from the map so so those are sorts of things you've got to get comfortable with and sometimes and, and the classic thing there is don't follow people oh yeah or flattened bits of grass where you think yeah, people have gone. Yeah, because what you do find there as well is is that lots of different classes, lots of people going all over the place. So you know you you can you can maybe have a look at it in there and there you get an idea. But yes, you can get you can really trip up if you think oh I'll follow that person and do yeah. that. But, yeah, you've got to. Uh, and, and, and it becomes much more of an issue when it's when it's mistier and claggier than 
some, you know, like summer or great visibility, you know, you go, whoa, great. You can see, you can see a, a knoll for miles away, but sometimes you've got to hit a knoll in the middle of nowhere and you've not, so you can't see more than about 50 yards. So, it's, you know, it's, you've got to get comfortable with being in that sort of environment if you, you know, if you want to uh, um, enjoy yourself. Yes, enjoy <laughs> yourself. And not argue. Um, uh, oh, um, also, John's just come in here. I've just put a little picture up of you and him um having found a checkpoint so they're um orange and white um tri triangle marked. flag things and this one's near a stream and it's very misty it looks very featureless this bog um and jonathan's also said something which is interesting because this wouldn't have happened in the 80s and 90s he says if you're close to the checkpoint and you can't see it you can sometimes hear it beep as people dip so yes. now you wear these like little yeah. like concert wristband things um and they've got a plastic dibber and you just have to dib it in like and it goes beep yeah. like that and goes red but in the olden day you used to have a card didn't you and you used to yeah, it had different prongs on the punch and you yeah. punched it down and you had to do it in the right order if you got it in the wrong order you were toast yeah. weren't you absolutely um, so you had to check that you were at the right one because even if you'd gone too far and got the next one by accident if you put it in the right hole you could go back and you could still save the linear course um but yeah oh that is so it's changed so much hasn't it because i used to do orienteering at school so this is like yeah. the times you were doing the on and he said and also people, there, people are not doing this and they want to you know get into the uh, one way i'd always suggest to people there is there are plenty of orienteering yeah. clubs around that do events and you can just rock up try some simple orienteering events just to get comfortable with map compass finding things that's always you know useful tip if uh, yeah. people are not comfortable with that go to an orienteering event there are loads of them around the place it's amazing yeah it's a really good place to get started and they're yeah. just they're small courses and they're often yeah. like at your local country park so you might know it a little bit and yeah. that helps to start with um, and Jonathan says also um, people bending down can be a good indicator of a checkpoint. Either that or they're going for a sneaky wee. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a good one as well. Um, so you say that you and John have never argued. Why do you think that is? Like, because I've seen people having little, um, little mm, on. on well, we've the, seen, on we've the, seen people having howlers. Yeah, fighting. have you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's two things. That I think what causes that, I think, you know, when people are going to do mountain marathons of this type, I think what you'll find is, is that if you, you know, if, if, I, if I went there and try, if you do with people who have a sort of a similar ability, yeah. it's fine. The, I see a lot of tension comes in when um, it, somebody's a, a much better able runner and, and they don't like waiting for because the other thing about about these events as well and I think quite different to what a lot of people get in trail running is these are team events it's about the two of you you know you if you don't both get over the line you're toast again and, and you know and you can't see you have to look after the person that you with you know and, 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 and that you get the best out of them if you two are, are moving you know in tandem sort of uh, together so so you've got so I think that there is, is that what stops arguing is if people are of a simple mind. We always used to start, I think, first objective when John and I were now there was to finish. On some of the event, uh, some of the OM events, you, you could get 50% dropout in terms of classes of people not finishing. You know, that was not, an, and you go into the elite classes even now, and I mean, God, I think less people finish than start, you, you know, that sort of stuff is there. So, yeah. so uh, maybe some of the other classes not so like we're doing there, but, but you, you, you know, the first objective for us was finish. Did you finish um, the 2008 event? Do you remember the one which oh, was yes. really, well, really so, so, wet? Well, nobody, nobody made it did, but, the yeah, I mean, that's Borrowdale for people. Oh, no there. one did. That's okay, did they cancel that, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but that, that was it. Got flooded off. We didn't talk of biblical floods and the like. There, look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. Um, but we, um, we actually, we would have finished the first day. John and I were there. Yeah, it's a bit wet and windy, you know, sort of things there. But the, the whole issue, I think, was that the whole event centre got flooded out and, and uh, all of that sort of stuff there. But we were, we'd actually were on the top. It was that was in the Lake District as well, and, and we were actually on the top of Dale Head and, and the next checkpoint was go down the ridge or we looked at it and we were getting probably blown over at that point uh, and we we just hunkered down we said we looked at the map and said well the simplest thing to do is just go down the road and pick up from the checkpoint because it was yeah <laughs> quicker yeah <laughs> and and, uh, um, and and so we actually pegged down from Dale Head and at that point there was somebody on the road saying it's called off and we walked back to the event centre and the lucky thing we had there is is that um 
starts of these sorts of things are staggered through the we had a really late start that day unfortunately we parked our car off the camps off, off the parking field of where it was and most people's cars got flooded out and ours didn't so we got out straight away i mean it was quite 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 funny that was because um my wife was staying in the in the lake district with our kids because often i've stayed in the lakes after or, or near where we've been um with, with the family afterwards and and uh so so we arrived up and dropped there and they said what are you two doing here and uh, all across the news was this whole thing this adventure <laughs> and they had gone seen. wrong and it, it wasn't and we, yeah. we we you know it, it was i think the great thing they said there is if you're going to lose two thousand people on the hills the people to lose on the hills were the people who were doing the on because we were yeah. the most capable people to do it i think there were there were about 20 people from mountain rescue teams who were actually event people on there yeah and i think they only had one minor injury as somebody who'd, who'd um, um, sprained their ankle or something daft like that because most of the people out there thought well, yeah let's stay in the hills what's the problem i know and jonathan jonathan is coming back in he said i think we did at least two that were worse than borrowdale in 2008 people have got yeah. soft by then a lot of, there was a lot of health and safety that started to come in. Oh yeah. Um, and he also just—he—I didn't get to read this out just when we were talking about the um, in the olden days. And um, he was saying with the punch cards in the olden days, they had to be checked, so you didn't know if you'd actually successfully completed until the mm. results came back in the post. Everything yeah, yeah. just took a lot longer. It was bigger, bulkier, took longer, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was all a bit slower moving. So um, it still worked. Yeah, it still worked. Yeah. Um, so if so, we've talked about quite a lot of things, and you've given loads of great advice here for um, people who might want to do the arm, or they might want to start orienteering, or going to. There's there's an event called the Arm Light as well. Yeah. But we've currently, if you're a patron, you um, you might be able to win an entry to the Arm Light, um, and that's great start. Yeah, me. that's a really really good start. It's uh, basically it's third um, and fourth of June, and um, you could you go around navigating. I think it's a score course. You navigate to as many as you can in the in the set time but that is a fact that's that it's easier than the arm isn't it and you yeah. get, you don't have to carry everything on your back no, it's, because it's a festival village and you go yeah, out it's in every day. I think it's in Grasmere. yeah it's part of the Grasmere um sports um the Grasmere festival that gain yeah. a prior organizer so there's also 5k 10k um half yeah. marathon and marathon trail running events there as well so um if you're not already a patron um then you won't be automatically entered to win that so just go on the website and, and have a look at that because it, it looks really really good um but we there's talk. another there's another really good event that Shane Early does that John and I oh, are doing Lakes in a day. Well. Great no, it's the Great Lakeland Three oh, Day. Oh Great Lakeland is, Three Day. That's what I thought I was saying yes. in my head. And uh, <laughs> we did it in twenty twenty one and, and uh, that's that's really good. There is nav in there, but they yeah. say it's on trails there, but it, but if people want to get an idea for it and with that, it's done from a one campsite, so you're out and back in the day, and then you do for three days if you've got the time and stuff is there. That's a really good introduction, yeah. not having to... So there are a number of events like that. They say... Yeah. They, they said NAV wasn't a big issue there, but John and I did it. I thought, yeah, the NAV isn't. You, you need to be reasonably... Mm. You know, you need to... You'll get a good experience of what finding checkpoints is like with an event like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you just need to go and do it, don't you? I mean, yeah. like go and do some orienteering um, locally, but also a really good idea is to go on a navigation course as well, isn't it? There's lots of people that run these. They're not that expensive. I don't know, it's no, maybe no. 40 quid and for the, a day. Great events. And, and, and I think just let the basics and then you can go off and plan your own routes and, and do everything yourself. Yeah, and I think for a lot of mid-pack runners like us there, you know, you know they sit there, is, is that they're... they're they're great because the the other thing that we always used to find why do you do onset? They make you think you cannot relax. You know, say about this is is that you do end one of these races even more mentally tired than you would do a trail race or stuff yeah. like that because there's a lot of concentration that you have to do with your navigation, which is always a big attraction for me with it. Yeah, yeah, it takes your mind off the actual running, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always I've I have a like a love hate relationship with orienteering. Like it's so frustrating <laughs> when you get it wrong, isn't it? And I, I yeah. know it's just hate getting yeah. stuff wrong. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, if you go in with the right attitude, it it can be really good. Um. So um, yeah, so I was just going to say we've we've got some we've had some really good tips there for newcomers to the arm. But what would you say is the biggest tip that you could give somebody who really wants to do the actual arm, like this October? What would be the biggest tip from you that they could do bef like during this year to prepare for it? So again, it's that thing is is that it's 
don't think you're going to do some trail running and stuff like that and you're going to enjoy the on because you're not. You need, you've got to get comfortable with being off track. And, and I think there is this big thing like, you know, spines going on at the moment there and you listen to all the people training at the front at the moment there. They've got to get used to this thing. Hiking is one of those things as well because, you know, you, you, the top guys as well, yeah, you know, even in the elite classes there, but they're... If they get going over four miles an hour, you know, miles an hour on that sort of terrain, that sort of stuff there, that, that's, you know. That's zooming. It's, zoom, it's zooming. So, so you, you just need to be comfortable uh, and, and, and certainly put in some of your training there off path stuff because it uses different muscles, you, you, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So, so really breaking that training up is, is, a, is a huge thing that you need to do. And, and the other thing there is, is that you've got to try your kit out. I mean, I think, you know, say with that, John and I can put a tent up in any weather and whatever it is now, you know, we're comfortable with it. But it, you talk about frustration, just don't go there with a tent that you don't know how to put up <laughs> and like that, you see, yeah. or a stove that you don't know how to, you know, start and all these sorts of stuff that's there. So, so it is just be comfortable with your kit and try your food as well. We're not talk about, yeah. about food is said there is, is that be comfortable with what meal you're going to have. And a pot noodle doesn't do it for anybody. Whatever they say there is, is that you need something substantial and there's good lightweight stuff. A lot of people who packets can't hate them myself, but this stuff that's there is, but you know, you can do rice, you can do pasta, you Cush can, there are great sauces and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, cheeses you can get in, sachets, that's it's just some real food, is there? Anybody, you know, all the nutritionists say it, don't they, there, it's, it's a real food, so, and you do need it, so, so, you, so really, it's, it's don't just go there, not having tried the stuff yeah. that you can use, I think would be the biggest advice, if, you, if you're going to want to enjoy it anyway. Yeah, it sounds like the advice is practice, 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 every single yeah. aspect. And and John's got a tip as well. He says his biggest tip is to do long days out in the wild yeah. with some off track, like you were saying, yeah. and carrying a realistic amount of gear and like maybe a bit more than realistic amount of gear, like hiking yeah. with a bigger back, like tabbing Absolutely. might be. Uh, a I, I think you know, a great one is, is the pit of my training there. It's Jasmine Paris always used to say this, you know, there. It's, it's, uh, and she used to do all the stuff she does there. She's just saying, what's the best training for long days in the hills? And she'd go, long days yeah. in the hills. Yeah. You know, and, and, and which is so so true. And, and yeah, hiking, I mean, that's what, you know, I, I you know, look at, John and I you know, are very um, lucky now is, is that we, both of us aren't working now. And, and we, I mean, what we've been doing now is regularly on a Thursday, we'll meet up somewhere and we're going to have a long day in the hills. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it and stuff there and that's what you those that is a just to get your body used to being out because you are going to be out for six seven eight hours and you know easily if you certainly if you go wrong or something like that it's, it's a, so you have to be used to you know younger people do this but as you get older you have to get used to being out in the hills for those, that length of time yeah. that's exactly as you say and some weight on your back yeah and john says also um crap weather as well so yeah, yeah just yeah, don't just wait till it gets nice because it won't be nice on the arm. Go with gonna, your, uh, yeah. can guarantee that. And so, so, so congratulations. I just want to say congratulations because you've done 30 years pairing together. Um, how did you celebrate um, the finish? <laughs> I'm going to put the picture up of you finishing now. Uh, oh, no, that's not the picture of you finishing. This is a picture of you two looking quite soggy at the finish, but big smile still. Yeah. Um, and then they made you they made you a patch didn't they um an om patch yeah. with 30 written on it so yeah 30 years club there's this club they do for 30 years there so, so that's it so so a bit i've been doing some so two things first on that there I did I did some research into this with the om people there mm. and um there is another pair that have done 30 oh. together but they've stopped now oh so so so, so so there's another pair that have done 30 oms and uh, and who is that? Is together. that is that Wendy? I don't know the names of. I bet it's Wendy Dodds and her no, running no, partner. When, it's not. It's not Wendy. No, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and that's a funny one there. John's John came back to me there. He, he beat Wendy Dodds in a in a in a race uh, for them. And said that so so he got to that point where he was happy beating a seventy year old lady running around the hills, and that was his major she is nails, achievement. She's not any old seventy year old lady, oh, is she? No. I remember she was. I think she was sixty one doing the Dragon's Back race 
race. Yes. Like oh, in 2012. Absolutely. She had, there, she had the number movement. 61 on her because she yeah. was like 61. And I remember seeing her come in at the finish and people were crying because they were just like, oh my God, it's such an amazing achievement. So yeah, yeah she's amazing. So, no, so um, this year we, uh, great thing, uh, John's wife Claire, because it was her birthday again now, as you can imagine. Yes, so they, <laughs> I bet is, she's is better there. that. So they had a cottage in the lake, so we uh, we went to went to the pub basically. So it was a bit of there. So yes, uh, toasted. Had a few pints in uh, in Grasmere, I think it was, were this year. Yeah, I was just going to say, how did you rec- how do you usually recover after these things, apart from the beer? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think you usually find that time of year. I uh, I always used to basically then. Use that. I just had some time off because usually at that time of there is is the um, you know with, with things there and work and all that sort of stuff. I, I used to really throttle back my training then until the beginning into the new year because what where we got into a cycle was that the you know working was always, was always difficult. But we used to do the Saunders in July, so that almost got us going. And we did an event there, so and it was usually in the summer. So we'd, we'd done a mountain race in the summer. And then we used to, after some holidays, that's when we'd, we'd, we'd then pick up that training things that we do and we'd try to get most weekends, we'd try and get into into peaks and, and, and run there. So, so that was sort of the the uh, you know the mid-pack runner sort of cycle that we got into to do these events. And, and it was, yeah, days in the hills again was the thing. So, so, so that's, I suppose, how, how that sort of uh, worked its way through. Yeah, and then you just recovered by dropping yeah. it all down again. Yeah, and, and so yeah, so so it was. Yeah, you'd normally find. I think some of the stiffest legs I've had have been after on sometimes there. And you'd see, you, you just don't. You just, I think, as all these people say, there. You know, you've done ultras and stuff like that. Don't do anything for a week or two. Is is the best advice and stretch and get back and then start again when you feel comfortable to do it. And I think. At that time of year as well, after you've done an arm, there's, there's not much going on. It's a good time to have a chill out point, point in the year. Yeah, celebrate before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, John is already saying, I will drag Colin around the 31st if I have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as well as saying overtaking Wendy Dodds is probably the highlight of my running career. Um, so <laughs> if this does beg the question, Colin, will you be going for the 40 together, 40 events together? So, yeah, so, so um, the pack that John and I have got is, is that we're going to go until we fall to bits. Oh, brilliant. So 50, maybe even 60. Uh, if, so so the thing about it there is, is is that if we're fit enough, we'll be going. And I yes. think that's the thing to say. We may be getting slower, but but this is where, you know, you get into a whole thing about, about the great thing there. I mean, you got me into that one, Claire. Oh, that is good. I have had it's, a lot uh, of views so, of that so, yeah, YouTube so, channel. I remember that, yeah. that one when you, when you interviewed him. Like that. so, so, yeah. So that's, I um, think... For anyone watching, uh, listening to the podcast, Colin's just held yeah. up the book Fast After 50 by Joe Friel, who I've interviewed on this channel. I'll link to it. I'll link to Joe Friel's interview and also um, all the navigation stuff on the channel. I'll put that in the show notes yeah. and in the film description below but yeah that's a really good one that's had loads of views i bet joe's sold loads of books off that it's brilliant so i mean the, the, there's a whole piece now you can get about you know um old age middle you know mid-pack runners and stuff there but but you've now got to train smarter i mean john's really good on big days but i think uh, i think that was something you were talking about recently I, so what I'm, I'm going to do now is, is really look at how you can train smarter for somebody as you get older and it isn't just volume I mean, I, I've got sort of three mantras I use at the moment there for training, which is basically, um, and it, a lot of it comes from Joe and other people who are talking about this, I don't run more than four times a week. I may bike or hike or something there, but, but you don't run more than four times a week. Uh, I, I certainly do the 80-20 heart rate training, low intensity stuff that's there, so that's good. And, and that strength and conditioning is just a huge one, but people our age because we're losing muscle mass so that's big and i think john's are the same on that as well there now is, is that that's something you really got to introduce into into what you're doing so so those are and if you can keep those guys i think the big disaster is going to be when a hip or a knee or something like that goes and that's yeah, i think that's when you're gonna have to put us out to grass and put us down or just shoot horse <laughs> or something <laughs> or like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. so no there's no there's no keep going. To stop anyway Claire, yeah oh well i think you'll get 40 and maybe even fit like 50 arms would be incredible and it's such an achievement they'd probably make you come and do all those talks you know like they've got little talks that are like beforehand and you'd probably be yeah. wheeled out for that wouldn't you and yeah so that's that so if we so what 
that would be at least 20, wow. 20 years. 80. You'd be 80. It'd be good going if you could do, but I mean, you can do this like the shortest score course possible and just get one control. You've still done an arm, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. when they were the big 6 0 this year, John and I, both of us. Yeah, you're 60 this year. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it yeah. Ah, both of us. Congratulations. Yeah. Same mm -hmm. age. Yeah, well, you don't look a day over 21. <laughs> <laughs> Day over 65, my daughter would say to me, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's been really fantastic to chat to you both, <laughs> John on the live yeah. chat and Colin um, there at home. Um, and it, it sounds absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for all the tips. Um, I think everybody's got a really good impression of what the arm is, what's required for the arm and how, how you could train up for it. And uh, you're making me feel like I even want to do one now. So <laughs> maybe yeah, I'll I, see you I, on I, one. I'd forget your 100 miler, Claire, and just, just do just the arm. Just go for the just, arm. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, seriously, to the people there, is, is that they're looking for something that's going to really challenge them a bit different. Um, if they've got a good friend as well that they like running with, try one of these to, you know, there's, there's a summer one that you know do the saunders as well that's yeah. really good Go for the if, you if you don't if you know if you know if you're worried about the weather and the cold a lot of people say i don't do it because it's cold and wet but i mean we love cold and wet so it's just <laughs> stuff that's there so. you've got to in the uk haven't you yes yeah, so, so, so there's so, so I, I, it's really something that that um i think vassos alexander he does a lot of stuff there he says it's one of the it was on his bucket list thing of the things races that he had oh, yeah. to do there i think he did wanted that. to so, do one didn't he yeah. yeah, so, so, so uh, it really is worth people trying it just to, you know, mix up the things that they do. Yeah. Oh, Vassos did do one with Stuart Smith, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. right, yeah. We yeah. saw him one, but he's seen them. We've, we've had all the greats running past us in things yeah. there. So. I don't think he liked it. I, I don't know if it was sharing a tent with Stuart. Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> but I don't think he liked it because Stuart's like like shorter and rounder. Sorry, Stuart. He is my friend. He won't mind me saying this. Yeah, I've made him famous anyway by, by talking about him. Um, and Vassos is very tall and thin, isn't he? So I can imagine yeah. the tent space was a bit like... I don't, I don't know. Maybe Vassos was a bit traumatised about spooning, maybe. <laughs> we can't speak for him. I'll ask him when I next see him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've made me definitely think about doing more nav stuff. And with training for this 100, I need to get out into the mountains. So I maybe should plan myself some routes and navigate myself around some things. Um, yeah, cause it's, it's very inspiring. And whenever I talk to anybody on these live shows, I'm always like, oh, yes, I could get back into that. I'll just get back into that. I can't wait to retire. It'd be brilliant. We did a lot, we did loads of these really while we you know holding down two pretty you know full on jobs you see we, we did that so you can do it and yeah we're no, we're never going to win them. I think we made a, a chasing start a few times and that's that's about as good as we cool. got there but but you know if you love days in the hills and running it, we, I think why you do these is, is that you run you 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 travel in the hills faster than you would do if you were hiking is a great thing about it and you, yeah. and you see lots of different places that you know and, and, and weird places so you still do it in the lakes and you think you know the lakes and you know if you do an arm in the lakes you go to places you never you know where are we here yeah. so, so it's 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 just a you know average people can do these things and, and uh, you know just just go for it Brilliant. Oh, well, that sounds like a great place to end the interview. Um, thank you so much to Colin and to John as well. Um, and hopefully we'll see you all at the OM in 2023. Yeah, we certainly will. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.